you would have never guessed it, probably. So I'm not going today, you know, we've done this so many times in Proverbs 31 and other preachers do it. Uh, we're not going to exegete this passage, okay? Because a lot of people, we've, we've gone over so much of it. Uh, but I just think you can pull from uh, and apply just to have a real good application here. So we're going to start in verse 10. And this is really a special passage of Scripture. Just cannot say enough about uh, godly mothers just walking with the Lord and loving the Lord and raising their family and sacrificing who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships and she bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to the, her household and portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her hand, her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linens, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. It's just so clear, uh, this description of a godly Christian believing mother, uh, the labor, the work, the sacrifice. We just see it all there, the never-ending challenge to do more and do better for the family. And so we just are so thankful for mothers in this special day that we can celebrate Mother's Day. And we thank you for this time together, for all the godly mothers that we know, and for our mothers, for the investment that they've made in each of us. And uh, we just trust now that you would have your way and show us some things that would be encouraging that we can apply 
some things that would actually make family life better because we've been here today and studied your word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'd like to just say, first of all, to the mothers that words are inadequate to thank you for your, uh, for your sacrifices that you make every day for your family. You know, we could sit up here and describe and say all the things, but, you know, it's going to still come up short when we say thank you for all that you do uh, for your family. And uh, a Christian mother is absolutely uh, selfless. She is not self-seeking. Her labor extends way beyond the birth of a child. She labors night and day, serving her family and her husband. Her work is never done. She rises early and she stays up late. Serving, planning, preparing, laboring for her family. Needless to say, a biblical mother and biblical motherhood is not for the faint-hearted. Our church loves children, and we do always and have always encouraged the children to honor and respect their mothers. Now, the scripture says that the children and the husband rise up and call her blessed. And we've had services like that. Some of you will remember, I get tickled. I used to really enjoy those when we'd have the kids come up and there'd be a microphone down here on the floor and, and they would come up and you would, you know, ask them, well, what's so special about your mother? And you could publicly say something about your mother. And uh, I just would always laugh so hard when the one says, she just makes the best chocolate chip cookies ever. And, uh, you know, that's just uh, just was the highlight of that child's uh, week. So we've had services like that, and we've been encouraged by hearing a public statement from from children. And then when you get into the older children, the teenagers, and then the ones that are young adults, and, and then even the ones that get married and have their own family, they get up and talk about their mother. They can hardly talk about their mother without crying, almost without exception. So today, I'd like to do some things and list some ways that children can rise up and call their mothers blessed by their character and by the behavior that they have. Not just on Mother's Day. Isn't it amazing? We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. We celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate different, you know, Mother's Day should not just be a day. Mother's Day should be a special day every day for mothers. So I have some suggestions. I think you can, uh, I think, probably the mothers would appreciate because uh, it's, it's really, it could transform a family if we could apply these eight things that we're going to go over today. I would suggest as I list each one, and I'm going to do them one through eight, but as I suggest, 
each one, young people and children and those of you that still have your mothers living, I would really encourage you to consider doing this from your heart, that it's genuine and it's not fake. It's real. It's not a put on. It's uh, it's it's really from your heart that you would do these things. To rise up and call your mother blessed. Number one, number one, the first and, and we're looking at from the mother's perspective, looking from at her children, her family. The number one for believing this is we're talking about Christian. We're talking about mothers that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The number one thing you can do for your mother to honor her, to uh, rise up and call her blessed is to be born again. The first thing is to be saved. The most important thing that you'll ever do to bless your mother is to be saved from eternity in hell and be able to go to heaven. Salvation is a gift. The book of Romans talks about it. We're all sinners. We all come short of the glory of God. But salvation is a gift. Eternal life is a gift. The Lord Jesus Christ is a gift of God. And so in, in Ephesians, it talks about it's not of works. You can't work your way. And there are people that are told, you know, in their church circles where they attend church, they are told that they have to do good works. They have to do things that, that uh, will please God or make God happy with them. Well, th that's just not correct at all. If you would, and, and I know that we've, you know, this is not brand new for most of us, but look in the book of Ephesians. Look at the book of Ephesians chapter 2. It's so crystal clear. You can't get any clearer. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved. Saved? Saved from what? Say from eternity in hell. If you're not saved, you're not born again, and you die, you're going to go spend eternity in hell. And that's forever and ever and ever and ever. And there's no pardon. There's no like, oh, winking at sin. It's done. It's finished. You've made your decision. And so, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. See, people are told you have to do good works. You have to be a good person. And then they, they are told that God has a set of scales. And if the good outweighs the bad, then you'll go to heaven. That's not true. It is not of yourselves. It, what is it? It is salvation is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. It's not of yourselves. You can't do it by yourself. It is not anything about you. It's all about what he has done. He, Jesus, has died the perfect son of God, God in the flesh, the sacrificial lamb dying on the cross, taking our sin, paying for our sin debt on Calvary. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's important that we understand that. It's very important that people understand that everywhere we go. 
So if you really want to bless your mother and encourage your mother more than you could ever imagine, more than anything that money can buy, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with your whole heart. Give Him your life. Accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And that'll be one of the best gifts your mother will ever receive in her life. And without salvation, when death comes to one of you, then she knows if you're not saved, you're going to be separated forever. You're not going to be able to hug. You're not going to be able to see each other. Not going to be able to spend eternity together. Because if you do not get saved, you're not going to go to heaven. You're going to go to hell. And so we encourage, this is the first thing, the most important thing that you can do to bless your mother. And I would venture to say, I'm not taking a real survey of all the mothers, but I can tell you this, of all the mothers that we've known in this church for over 36 years, I would suggest that every one of them would say, amen, preacher, I want my kids saved. That's the most important thing. That's the most. There's nothing more important than their salvation. That's the best gift they could ever give me. Number two. Number two, once you're saved, once you're saved, develop a deep love and walk with your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Being saved is an absolute must. But when you genuinely love him and your mother, see your mother, she's caring for you. She's watching you and she sees you get saved. But after salvation, she sees you genuinely loving him and you're walking with him and you, sh sh you hear your children. The mother hears the children sharing with uh, her the things God is teaching them. There's a deep walk. There's a deep love. There's a deep relationship. When you uh, demonstrate your obedience, she sees you in difficult situations. She sees you being challenged and, and tested and tried. And she sees your obedience but out of that's overflowing out of your walk. She sees you as her child having to stand alone from time to time. Because everybody else is going a certain way and you've decided to obey the Lord. You love him so much and you're willing to stand alone. If everybody else is going that way and you're not going to go that way, that encourages your mother to obey him. Even when everyone else is saying, let's do it another way. It encourages your mother when your faith is more than just words. We've seen so much of that in the years here. So much has just been fake. So many kids that have come through, they just do what, you know, like little soldiers. We've mentioned it before. They line up like the little tin soldiers. But then once they get become adults, all that's thrown out. And it was fake all along. When they, your mother sees that your word, your faith is really a real faith. It's not just words. It's faith in action. She will just be very, very, very encouraged. When you're living a life uh, that, where you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you're obedient to Him, you're giving your mother gifts 
Because she's going to notice. She's going to see you. She's going to see that deep walk, that deep love. She's going to see that. And there, she, you're giving her gifts that money. You can't go to the store. You can't go anywhere. You can't order it online. You can't give her the gift of being saved and having a deep, deep walk with the Lord. And believe me, parents pay attention when they're children, when you start noticing the depth of their walk. And it's encouraging. It's a way to really bless uh, mothers. And I've heard mothers in this church, when they had wayward children, I've heard mothers and daddies pray in this church for their children, Lord, whatever it takes. Lord, whatever it takes to bring them around. My health, my finances, my well-being, whatever it takes. I want to see, I would rather see them walk with you, be saved and walk with you and have a deep walk with you, whatever it takes to bring them back. Nothing, there's, there are things that hurt, but I don't think in the family life, there's not, not much that can hurt a mother more than seeing her children lost and die and end up in hell. I just don't know of a, a pain that would be more painful. Another is living a life of disobedience. I've heard mothers, we've had prayer times where mothers have prayed for their children, for their wayward children. Not much in life is more painful than a mother seeing their children that were raised in a good godly home, but see them living a life of disobedience to the Lord. It hurts. It hurts a mother so much. So encourage your mother, bless your mother, bless your mother in a special way, in a way that money can't buy and have a deep, deep love for Jesus and walk with him. Number three, number three, it's very closely related to the second one, but this will be a blessing to your mother when your mother sees you having a love for the word of God. When your mother sees you when you're alone, when you're, you know, by yourself and she, nobody else is watching, it's not a big display, but you're privately alone and you're looking at your Bible, reading your Bible. You've got your head pray, bowed for prayer. And when you're praying, spending time in the word, that is going to bless and encourage your mother. And again, we, I said initially, this is from the heart. This is not anything that's for a show. But what, is it, what does your mother, what our mother see most of the time? What do they see us doing? They need to see a child that really loves the Word of God. That really, really loves the Word of God. And so when you study, when you research, when you have your quiet time, when you talk about what the Lord's shown you in His Word, and you, you tell your mother, let me, let me tell you what God showed me in the Word today. That is a blessing. Listen, I'm going to tell you. I know. I've heard Him speak. I, and I know for our own situation how encouraging it is to have your children in the Word of God. And they see, they know, they watch you. And it's genuine. It's not for show. It's not put on. But it's real. Those are gifts that you can't buy with money. 
We have so many good tools. We have so many things. I feel so much smarter just almost every day. I look up stuff, and I mean, I look up how to pronounce words. Somebody said a word the other day, and I looked it up, and, and we learned how to pronounce it together. And uh, I just feel so much smarter. And there's so much available that's actually, actually good stuff where you can learn, and you can increase in knowledge. But listen, there's nothing, there's nothing that we do with our time that's more important than getting into the Word of God. Getting in and to see, have your mother see you studying, researching, praying when you're alone, having a quiet time. I mean, that speaks volumes to your mother. And she just says, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my child that loves the word of God. How long has it been, young people, since you've actually shared an insight that you've that you've gotten from God from the word and you've shared it with your mother? Have you told her the things that God's teaching you step by step? So that's salvation. Have a deep walk with the Lord and love his word. Let your mother know, see you in a genuine, real way, having a love for the word of God. Number four, number four, love your mother unconditionally. Love your mother unconditionally. Conditionally. I, I'm going to tell y'all a little secret here today, and some of you are going to be shocked. But young people and children, your mother's not perfect. She's not perfect. And in fact, you know her better than just about anybody else around you know her when she's that she's really human and you've seen her when she makes mistakes and you really know her better than just about anybody few people know her as well you and again y'all bear with me but I just know this happens you know her when she loses her temper You know her when she argues with your daddy. You've seen her when she's too tired to cook. You've seen her when she's too tired to do housework. You've seen her when she's too tired to teach you school. And you might have even seen her when she's maybe just too tired to even get up and get out of bed. But you've seen her. You're there. You see her in a way that most people have never seen her. You've seen her with her hair not combed. How many mothers would go out in public with their hair just sticking out everywhere? They're going to comb and brush and work through it, you know. But you've seen her like that. You've seen her when she just wakes up and comes in if she drinks coffee for that first cup of coffee and she looks like she's, you know, really needs a cup of coffee. When you read 1 Corinthians 13, the description, it, I, I just love that passage. I love that chapter. It talks about 
the unconditional love of God that he has. This is a description of Jesus Christ. It's a description of the way God loves. But when you love her, when we say love your mother, we're saying love her unconditionally. Don't dwell on her failures. Don't concentrate or focus on her mistakes, on her shortcomings, her, her humanity. Love her the way Christ has loved you. Focus on her positive traits, on her good qualities. Don't let your mind go there to, to always be dwelling on where she's failed. You need to take captive every thought, the Scripture says, and you take, take captive every thought, and you start thinking good thoughts about your mother and the good things that she does and the blessing that she is to the family. Communicate your, your love to your mother. It's important that you express, that you communicate, that you love her, that you love her, and you let her know often with hugs. It's okay to hug your mother. With words and writing. You know, I, I don't know if people still write notes today. But you can write a note and express how much you love your mother. How much she means to you. Not just on Mother's Day. Oh, it's special. And it really like, oh, this is a really great day. But a month from now, she needs to hear you express the same things. Love is patient. And love is kind. Long-suffering. Love always thinks the best. You find that in 1 Corinthians 13. Love always thinks the best of a person. So it's important. And I, I've, I've mentioned this here a few weeks ago, but I'm going to tell you one of the heartbreaking things that I've seen as a pastor the, of people that have come through, been in our church and left our church and others around the country that you hear about that are raised and their parents have tried their best. Their parents are not perfect and, and they're certainly not perfect, but they've tried their best. They've done their best. And, and then the children become adults, they get married, and then they start turning on their parents and blaming their parents for the way they turned out. That's one of the most sad things I've ever seen. How they can blame, grow up and take responsibility for your own life. They've done the best they could. They're not perfect. But they have, everyone I've met, almost without exception. Now, I've met a few that are a little, but most of them have been good-hearted, genuinely seeking the best for their family. Now, we did have a guy, and I, I hadn't told this in a long time, but we had a guy in one of our churches a long time ago. He had, I never will forget, he had a big full beard, and it's uh, dark, dark, amber red, just red. And he literally, and, and you know what? I think if this, I, well, I know, if that were to happen today, in our church, people would call the police. Because during our church service, if his kids were misbehaving, he would just get up and stick his finger in their ear, you know, and start mashing. And, and they would, you know, kind of, uh, uh, Papa, Papa, Papa. Okay, and then they'd straighten up. 
We went to their house. They were the same ones that we went to their house and they had the Lord's Supper every Sunday. And so, but it was one cup deal. And so you've heard me tell it, but the one cup and I'm looking around and they were all going to drink out of it, you know, 10 or 15 people, however many there were. And so I just, you know, as pastor, I just grabbed hold of the cup, you know, and pulled it right up next to us. And so Linda and I did first, then we passed it on. And that was the same family that had the kids helping make the salad and the tea. And they had the tea and they put sugar in the tea in the big pitcher and they had made salad and they stuck their arm down in the uh, pitcher of tea and they didn't stir with a spoon. They stirred with their arm. And in the, in the big pitcher, you could see little bits of lettuce and carrots and all kind of stuff, fragments from the salad floating around in the tea. So I had water that day. And um, and they had locks on the doors. I mean, they'd tell their kids to go take a nap, and they'd go up and lock the door. I mean, lock it. You know, wouldn't let them out till nap time was over. I mean, I guarantee if that was happening in church, they, you'd be people be calling the police. I mean, that was a long time ago before we ever came here. All right, but love your mother unconditionally. She's not perfect. But she is a special godly mother, and she needs to know you love her unconditionally. Number five, show respect for your mother. Show respect. I looked up the word respect. It's a deep admiration for your mother. A high regard for her feelings and her wishes. When you respect a person there's just, I mean, I, I don't want to call it like just a, a reverence, but there's just a high regard. You, you know, when she speaks, when she speaks, you pay attention. When you speak, when she speaks, you listen attentively. You listen to her. And listen, young people, we've seen, I've seen people do this during sermons. Y'all know what rolling the eye is, right? When kids are like, huh? They, huh, they sigh, huh, and they roll their eyes. I've seen them do that in service when I'm preaching. Oh, it's hard to just sit here and take that. But anyway, God's dealing with them. Um, but don't show disrespect to your mother when she's speaking. Even if you've heard the same story 50 times, be attentive. Listen, be encouraged. Think about the respect that you're showing her, the reverence that you're showing her, the high regard, the admiration. She needs to, it's a gift. It's something that money can't buy. You need to show her how much you appreciate her and you really admire her, her as a mother. And then, number six, we're talking about rising up and calling her blessed. You honor her. How can you honor your mother? How, what are ways to honor your mother? You can honor her with your obedience to the Lord. You can honor her with your obedience to her. How many kids are willing to show initiative? They know what the mother wants them to do. They know what their mother is about to ask them to do. Why do they wait to be asked? Why do they wait? And then when they're asked, they say, just a minute. Or I'll get to it in a little bit. No, if you, to honor, when you honor someone, you anticipate what they need having done and you, out of respect for them, you go ahead and show initiative and you do it. You do things before you're asked. You do things before you're asked. You go the extra mile. 
If a man requires you to carry his pack one mile, you don't just drop it down at one mile. They had mile markers in that day. And the centurion soldiers would literally, they ha it was in the law. They could require somebody to carry their pack for a mile. But Jesus was saying, don't just carry it one mile, carry it two miles. Don't stop at the one mile marker, carry it the extra mile. And so as children, you don't wait till you're asked. You don't wait till you're told or wait till you're threatened. If you don't do that, you're going to get in trouble. But you go ahead and anticipate. This is what I know mother wants me to do. This is a way to honor her. This is a way to bless her. This is a way to encourage her. You do it without being told. You're doing things to help lighten her load because she needs help. She, and, and when you volunteer, and listen, you want to give your mother a great gift of honor. You, do, you volunteer to do things on your own, even beyond the chores, your own individual chores. You are willing to take on other people's chores. So you volunteer, but you volunteer and you're cheerful about it and you obey. And so when your mother sees, that's character. That's character. That she's seeing something in you that, that she longs to see. She sees you volunteering. She sees you anticipating. She sees you showing initiative. And those are things, that's part of character. And those are things that can be developed at home. But, but this is how you can honor your mother. Number seven. Here's another way. That I, and I know, I know this really encourages mothers. Now, we're talking about children that have grown up out of the little bitty stage, and they're probably teenagers and beyond, but young adults and married. When your mother sees you, this is number seven, when God gives you opportunity, whatever the opportunity He gives you to make disciples of others, that will encourage your mother so much when she sees you discipling others. You've, you've been saved. You've got a deep walk with the Lord. You've got a deep love for the Word of God. And your mother now seeing you making disciples. I'm, whether it be your own children or others' children, people's children. It's so special. It means so much. And I know I, I'm not going to use an illustration book. But I just have to tell you, let me do, and I know, I hope that you understand. But my own daughter, our daughter, Julie, she has a huge responsibility with her family and their business. And she's got a lot going on, on her plate. She teaches piano lessons. She has her own students that come to her house. And you know what? On her own, with no charge, every week, and it's been going on for over three years, she has taught her brother's children how to play the piano. And I happen to be there because we have a piano, two pianos in our home. I happen to be there the very first time she does it on the computer. And she has prayer with them every time. Each individual child, she has prayer with them. And she teaches them. I was there the very first time when she was explaining. And I don't know anything about the piano. I know nothing. But I heard her trying to show Brian Justin, Brian's oldest, where middle C was. He did not know anything about the keyboard. And they started with that. And now to see them have their recitals that they've had in our home and a little church up the way. 
And to see them progressing and playing songs and doing stuff. And it's all because she has a heart to invest in her nieces and nephews. And there's no money involved. It's all free of charge. And she's faithful, been doing it for over three years. Discipling, teaching. So we invested, we invested in teachers for Julie and our kids. Now she's investing in others, her own students and then her own family. When God, when God gives you an opportunity to disciple others, you disciple uh, in like teaching Sunday school and the different things. These are ways that it's going to really encourage your mother to see all the sacrifices we've made and all the prayers that we prayed and all the uh, things that we've done to grow our children up. Now we see them obeying the Lord a step further. Now they're making disciples on their own. They're, they're going out there and they're making disciples, whether it's their own children, other people's children, Sunday school classes, Bible clubs, whatever, all the different ministries that are available. And that encourages your mother when they, your mother sees you making disciples of others, because that's really a command. That's what we ought to be doing. But it's such a wonderful gift for your mother. It encourages her. It'll bless her. And that's a blessing that money cannot buy. Now, number eight, number eight. The last one on my list, and there are so many, you could have so many others. But the last one on my list for the day is live a life with no regrets. And I say that because I know from experience and from being a pastor for all these years, I know there will come a day possibly in your life, if the Lord doesn't call you home first, that you won't be able to be reconciled to your mother. You won't be able to be reconciled to someone else. You are not going to be able to express your love. You're not going to be able to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. You're not going to, there will be a day. There will be a day. And so the encouragement, and I've, I've encouraged people for a long, long time, live a life with no regrets. So when death does knock on one of your family members' door, you don't, you don't regret like, oh, I wished I'd have just done this. I wish I'd have just spent more time. I just wish I'd have made more phone calls. I wish I'd have told them more often. Don't wait till it's too late. And there's a possibility it can come in any of our lives. So I encourage you, live a life with no regrets. Don't ever be in a position where, you know, you look back from eternity, well, from the end of your life and say, man, I wished I'd have done this better. I wished I'd have, I wished I'd have reached out my hand. I wish I'd have tried harder to work this out with this loved one. Don't live a life of regrets. I encourage you. If there's an ought in anybody's heart about with anybody, anybody, church member, family member, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's get it resolved. Let's get it worked out. Let's get it taken care of so that you'll live a life with no regrets. And I can testify to the fact that life seems pretty short right now. It's just amazing how time is clicking away. I remember when I turned 75. And now I'm thinking, ooh, 76. I looked at, I, I was looking at some paper trying to kind of pick up, you know, stacks. Have y'all ever had stacks of stuff? I was reading some 
possibilities for some life insurance, okay? And so, uh, so I was reading, and, and the fine print kind of said some funny things. It said, uh, you know, once you reach 65, the, uh, the benefit is cut in half. I said, well, man, you're going to pay this price. And then when you get to 65, well, I'm already way past 65. What's next? Oh, then when you reach 70, then you're only going to get a fourth. I'm thinking, well, that's kind of, and that's all in small print. I'm thinking that, I don't know if that's going to, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I think I'm going to have to think about that one. 25%, you know. So with each pass, see, even insurance companies, they say, well, you're getting closer to the day. Closer to the day, we're going to have to pay out. So we want to make it in the age bracket. So the older you get, the less we're going to have to pay. Young people, folks, let's don't have a life of regrets. Life is way too short. And you know, death can come at any given time. We don't know when it's going to happen. We all think we're going to live to be 110 and die in our sleep. But that's not a guarantee. I would encourage you, let's today examine our hearts. And if the Holy Spirit brings to mind something that you need to get right with a mother, with your parents, with family members, church members, whatever it is, let's, let's deal with it. Let's don't wait. And let's get things resolved. Live a life with no regrets. So what are the eight? What are the eight? Get saved. Have a deep walk with the Lord. Love God's word. Love your mother unconditionally. Show her respect. Show her honor. Make disciples and live a life of no regrets. Eight challenges to be able to bless your mother when you rise up and you call her blessed. You can encourage her today. I think if you would apply those, I think your mother would say, I think I'm going to give the pastor a dozen peanut butter cookies. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the Proverbs 31. What a description. What a, what a, the truth of a mother where a candle doesn't go out by night. She's got her hands working and she's buying a field and she's planting a vineyard. And God, I just pray that you would help us to apply the word of God to our lives and, and that we would have such sweet relationships with each other that uh, we would really look back and say, at the end of our life, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I pray now that you would just do a great work. And if there's anyone here that needs to be saved, that they need to give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, they need to believe on him and realize that it's not by works. It's all by grace. It's a free gift. I pray that you'd help them to have the courage today to step forward and come and say, I need to be saved. I want to be saved. Thank you now for this time together. We'll praise you for all eternity for the results in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand together. And Dwight is going to lead us in our final hymn, our invitation hymn. And I'll be here at the front.